Holy Father in heaven, glory be unto your name. We thank you and we worship you because you have been so good to us. Your faithfulness, your love, your mercy, we have been beneficiaries of them. We are grateful for it and we say may glory be unto your name now and forevermore. Lord, for all the good things you have done to us and for us, we want to bring glory and honor to your name. Therefore, we commit ourselves unto you and we pray. Please, Lord, support us, help us, give us grace and strength to be those who will bring glory unto your name. There are so much lessons to learn as we study your word, so much that needs to be transformed in our lives. Today is another opportunity to get some impetus to do the will of God. May your spirit impress our hearts with the truth and may your words be put in my mouth that it may be a blessing to all of us that we may be transformed. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. way is hard. By this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 14. Through successive generations, infidels have pointed to the character of David, bearing this dark stain, and have exclaimed in triumph and derision. This is the man after God's own heart. Thus, a reproach has been brought upon religion. God and his word have been blasphemed. Souls have been hardened in unbelief, and many under a cloak of piety have become bold in sin. But the history of David furnishes no countenance to sin. It was when he was walking in the counsel of God that he was called a man after God's own heart. When he sinned, this ceased to be true of him, until by repentance he had returned to the Lord. Though David repented of his sin and was forgiven and accepted by the Lord, he reaped the baleful harvest of the seed he himself had sown. His authority in his own household, his claim to respect and obedience from his sons was weakened. A sense of his guilt kept him silent when he should have condemned sin. It made his arm feeble to execute justice in his house. Those who by pointing to the example of David try to lessen the guilt of their own sins should learn from the Bible record that the way of transgression is hard. Though like David they should turn from their evil course, the results of sin, even in this life, will be found bitter and hard to bear. A man incurs guilt by injuring a fellow being, but his chief guilt is the sin that he has committed against the Lord and the evil influence of his example upon others. The sincere child of God does not make light of any of his requirements. God intended the history of David's fall to serve as a warning that even those whom he has greatly blessed and favored are not to feel secure 
and neglect watchfulness and prayer. And thus it has proved to those who in humility have sought to learn the lesson that God designed to teach. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Sin's Way is Hard. When when Nathan was sent to rebuke David in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 13 and 14, it says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Nathan told David that because of his sin, many people are going to blaspheme God. On account of David's sin till today, both in and out of the church, on the pulpit and in the pub, the Lord's name is being reproached. There are those who sincerely believe that David, when he committed this sin, was a man after God's heart. And you will hear such people say that David was called a man after God's own heart even during and after his sin. Others will say, the reason why this is so is that anytime David sins, he will always ask for forgiveness. Such people say this without a proper investigation into the matter. I confess that even myself have heard these words like a mantra that it, I took it for granted that David was a man after God's own heart. But like I was saying, those who say he was a man after God's own heart because every time he sinned he always asked for forgiveness are wrong. Not because David did not ask for forgiveness, he did ask for forgiveness from God. But simply because the statement made by God did not have anything to do with David sinning and repenting. This statement that God made when he said David was a man after his heart was made even before David was king. While he was yet a shepherd boy who trusted in God, that boy who killed a lion and a bear and in God's strength glorified his name among the hidden by killing Goliath and the enemies of the Lord among the hidden nations, that was the one that was called a man after God's own heart. We find it when Samuel spoke to Saul concerning how God rejected him from being king. In the book of First Samuel 13, reading from verse 13 and 14, it says, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now the kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. This is it. You search the Bible and it looks, when you hear people say, God, David was a man after God's heart, you imagine, as if the Bible always said, oh, David was a man after God's heart in so many places. But it was just here when Samuel was talking to King Saul about how God had rejected him. He simply said, the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. This was when the Lord said David was a man after his heart. But many today, reproachfully and blasphemously, say that the Lord said this even while David was sinning against him. But many today blasphemously refer to this comment in the context of justifying their sins. They say it to sort of glorify a life of sin as though sinners are cherished by God because they sin, because they sin and always repent. That's what they say. 
Also, there is no record of David always sinning and repenting. So those who say David was a man after God's own heart because whenever he sins, that like there were so many sins in David's life, whenever he sins, he always repents. That's what I hear. But how many places do you see David sinning and repenting, then sinning and repenting and sinning and repenting, as if that is the description of a person who is a man after God's own heart? The Bible records that it was only this issue that the Lord had against him that marred his record. However, people overlook this and like Nathan prophesied, God's name will be blasphemed because of David's sin and that is how it is today. To make this matter clear, I'm reading from Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4, a page 87, Paragraph 1. It says, I was shown that it was when David was pure and walking in the counsel of God that God called him a man after his own heart. When David departed from God and stained his virtuous character by his crimes, he was no longer a man after God's own heart. God did not in the least degree justify him in his sins, but sent Nathan, his prophet, with dreadful denunciations to David because he had transgressed the commandment of the Lord. God shows his displeasure at David's having a plurality of wives by visiting him with judgments and permitting evils to rise up against him from his own house. Let me just pause here. I said that before because some people are thinking that David's polygamy of marrying six wives that God didn't have a problem with it. God did have a problem just because he was silent about it doesn't mean he didn't have a problem with it. That was the beginning of David's creeping compromise. He had the first wife, Ahinoam. In fact, he had Milcah first, which is the daughter of Saul, before he then took Ahinoam, before he then took Abigail, and then he had four other wives added to them. That was not the Lord's plan. David was taking liberties that he did not deserve. He was a man after God's own heart when he was still that boy. Continued reading, it says, The terrible calamity God permitted to come upon David, who for his integrity was once called a man after God's own heart, is evidence to after generations that God will not justify anyone in transgressing his commandments, but that he will surely punish the guilty, however righteous and favored of God they might once have been while they followed the Lord in purity of heart. When the righteous turn from their righteousness and do evil, their past righteousness will not save them from the wrath of a just and holy God. Leading men of Bible history have sinned grievously. Their sins are not concealed, but faithfully recorded in the history of God's church, with the punishment from God which followed the offenses. These instances are left on record for the benefits of after generations, and should inspire faith in the word of God as a faithful history. Men who wish to doubt God, doubt Christianity and the word of God will not judge candidly and impartially, but with prejudiced mind will scan the life and character to detect all the defects in the life of those who have been the most eminent leaders of Israel. A faithful delineation of character God has caused to be given in inspired history of the best and greatest men in their day. These men were mortal, subject to a tempting devil. Their weakness and sins are not covered, but are faithfully recorded with the reproof and punishment which followed. These things were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come." End of quote. The way of sin is indeed hard. Those who see David's transgression 
and venture to use it as an excuse to continue a life of sinning and repenting will find this out as David also saw it. The way of sin is hard. Sin has its consequences. David's sin began to take its toll on him in various ways. Firstly, he lost his baby that came from Bathsheba. He then lost the moral right to be a judge over his people. His sons did not respect him anymore and he himself could not even summon any courage to correct the evils going on in his household and in the city and in Jerusalem and in Israel because of his own sin. For him to condemn anybody would be to condemn himself. His own children lost confidence in him and so did the people. His sin led to a grievous crime of incest in his household. Rape, deception, murder and treachery came to his home. The Bible says, He that rewarded evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. And that was what happened to David. The Lord prophesied through Nathan that that was what was going to happen to him. And that was exactly what happened to him. Reading 2 Samuel chapter 12 from verse 15, it says, And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. And therefore, David therefore besought the Lord, besought God for the child. And David fasted, and went in, and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose, and went to him, to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. Eventually, that child died. In 12, chapter 12, verse 20, it says, Then David rose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Conflict and Courage, page 179, paragraph 2 tells us, As time passed on, David's sin toward Bathsheba became known, and suspicion was excited that he had planned the death of Uriah, the Lord was dishonored. He had favored and exalted David and David's sin misrepresented the character of God and cast reproach upon his name. It tended to lower the standard of godliness in Israel, to lessen in many minds the abhorrence of sin, while those who did not love and fear God were by it emboldened in transgression. End of quote. Among those who became emboldened in transgression was his first son, Amnon. David's firstborn. Amnon did something that was nasty in the house of David. In 2 Samuel 13, reading from verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom the son of David had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon the son of David loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man, and he said unto him, Why art thou being the king's son lean from day to day? Could thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Then what did Jonadab tell Amnon? 
he told him a scheme to do to pretend like he was sick and tell David the father to allow Tamar to bring food for him. Verse 11 says, And when she had brought them in unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come, lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not doubt this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit, he will not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him, and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of divers colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head, and rent her garment of divers colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head, and went on crying. And Absalom her brother said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. Do you remember what Nathan told David when he came to rebuke him? He told him, that evil will not depart from his house because of what he had done. And that is exactly what happened to David. In the words of Nathan, he said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Now therefore the sword shall not depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee, out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. David had begun to feel the hardness of sin. Sin's way is hard, brothers and sisters. Look at the consequences of David's sin. Reading in our devotion, we saw, though David repented, of his sin and was forgiven and accepted of the Lord. He, re he reaped the baleful harvest of the seed he himself had sown. His authority in his own household, his claim to respect and obedience from his sons was weakened. A sense of his guilt kept him silent when he should have condemned sin. It made him his arm feeble to execute justice in his house. Fathers in the home, mothers in the home, if you do something that your children get to know about, that is not dignifying, that is degrading, that is irresponsible, it is no wonder that you may lose the respect of your children. You may not have the moral courage anymore, even if they respect you. 
The problem is this. When they go wrong, you will find it difficult to open your mouth to correct them. You will find it difficult to open your mouth to rebuke them or to direct them. Leaders, pastors, ministers, it is a fearful position you handle. And the truth is that the devil will assail you with greater temptations than he does the common man. It is therefore necessary that you have the strictest principle for yourself. Because the devil will more ply you with greater temptations. He knows that if he brings you down, the whole shed, this whole flock will scatter. That is the more reason that you should take heed to yourself. We all should take heed to ourselves because we have influence. Therefore, it is necessary for us to keep ourselves with all diligence because we may lose our influence and our moral right to correct anyone when we go wrong. Now, Amnon had raped his sister. David could say nothing because he had done something greater. If he punishes Amnon, he has to punish himself too. Now, he lost his authority. He could say nothing. If he wants to open his mouth, it's not possible because his sin is ever before him. He cannot correct anyone. He cannot rebuke anyone. He cannot direct and punish because he did not punish himself. It is for this reason that we see many leaders today. When they go wrong, they have to step down from the position they hold because they cannot execute justice anymore. Look at the Prime Minister of UK for example, that is I'm referring to this year 2022. We have heard many cases of leaders prime ministers who go against the rules that they set and when people get word of it, they lose their integrity, they lose their authority. I watched this prime minister, Boris Johnson, let me say his name, Boris Johnson, being maligned. I felt so bad for him. I, 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 I pitied him, I tell you, be in the parliament of UK because he gave a law during the lockdown that no one was to go out and he was in a party not one day even more than one day in a party he lost his integrity the amount of insults he incurred in the parliament you need to see it for yourself it is not something i rejoice in i pitied him he had to hold his head down in shame all the people had no respect for him anymore they shouted at him they rejected him they insulted him they accused him they had no regard he could call himself prime minister all he wanted, but he had no longer he had no more authority over the people. The people did not respect him anymore. People go around the streets interviewing and asking the people, what do you think of Boris Johnson? And they'll say he ought to step down because he has no moral rights to lead us anymore. He gave a law that he could not follow. He is irresponsible. Oh my, may the Lord help us. It is not an easy thing to hold a position of leadership. We need to pray for the leaders, pray for the ministers of God. And the Lord will keep them because it's very shameful when they fall and people start to accuse and, and, and condemn them. But then it may even be a more noble thing to step down so that the name of the Lord will be not blasphemed by your remaining in office. David had not finished feeling the hardness of sin. The way of transgression is hard indeed. His son, disvergent, raped his daughter, incest in the home. But that was not all. Absalom had a plan. In 2 Samuel 13 verse 23 it says, And it came to pass, after two full years, that Absalom had sheep sharers in Baalhazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons 
Absalom went to meet David and told him, Let all, all the sons come. And David said to him, Why do you want all the sons to come? There is no need for that. And Absalom said, Okay, let Amnon, Amnon, just Amnon, let him come. And he pressed David hard and disturbed him and disturbed him until David said, Okay, let all the sons go for your sheep sharing, no problem. And then David allowed it. In, that, in, in verse 28 it says, Now Absalom had commanded his servant, saying, Mark ye now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him, fear not. Have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up on his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom had slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. I wonder how long it took them. Imagine the distress that David passed through now, hearing that all his sons were dead. Then that young man, Jonadab, who gave Amnon that bad advice to rape his sister. He is the one that now came in verse 32. Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons. For Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this had been determined from the day that he forced his sister, Tamar. Now therefore, let not my lord, the king, take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. Hmm. Proverbs 17 verse 13 Whoso rewarded evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. David rewarded Uriah evil for good. That name Uriah is a very popular name today. The only reason for that is because of David. He rewarded evil for good to Uriah, and evil did not depart from his house. Let no one think that sin has no consequences. The way of sin is indeed hard. Many today are suffering under the hardness of the way of sin. Some trying to cover their tracks have lost their womb in going into abortion to cover their tracks and they are now unable to give birth to children again. Some have developed other diseases in their womb because of it. Others have developed various illnesses while trying to do the same thing. Many are under the judgment of God himself as God did with David's baby. Many, very, very many, are incarcerated in prison yards, serving various prison terms from parole to few months in prison. Some lose many years of their life there, while others stay there for life. And then there are those who are on death row right now, awaiting their execution, and some have already been executed. Many are under the judgment of God, like God has promised. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 12 and 13 Though a sinner do evil an hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked. Neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. Conflict and Courage, page 180, paragraph 5 says, Those who by pointing to the example of David try to lessen the guilt of their own sins should learn from the Bible record that the way of transgression is hard. Though like David, they should turn from their evil curse. The results of sin, 
even in this life, will be found bitter and hard to bear. A man incurs guilt by injuring a fellow man, but his chief guilt is the sin that he has committed against the Lord and the evil influence of his example upon others. The sincere child of God does not make light of any of his requirements. End of quote. David's example influences children to do evil. The way of transgression is hard. It is better not to go into it at all and tell yourself I will come out later. You will come out with wounds and scars that some of them you will live with till the end of your life. Do not parley or play with sin. It will leave you with wounds. It will leave you with deep injuries. It will leave you in pain. The Lord may forgive you. The Lord may accept your repentance and your contrite heart. But sin will leave you with wounds and consequences. Some are repentant and they are in prison today. Some are repentant but they cannot give birth to children anymore. Some are repentant but they've lost all that they had because of stealing and because of wrong decisions that they made. The Lord will forgive. But he doesn't promise us that he will take away the consequences. Sometimes he even brings judgment after forgiveness. He was the one who said, I will take away your child. That child need not have died. It was not because there was any real disease on the child. The Lord himself was the one that took that child away. The Lord can bring consequences upon us for our sins. Even if the sin itself would have had no present day consequence, the Lord himself can come to punish us for our sins. However, we learn a lesson on how to conduct ourselves under the hardness of sin. David bore the indignation of the Lord faithfully. He did not rebel. He confessed his sins and understood that he was still kept king by God's mercy and grace. This is a lesson for us. Let us rise when we fall like David. No need for self-justification. Let us just realize that we have sinned and believe that the Lord has forgiven and move on. Micah 7 verse 7 to 10 says, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. Have you fallen like David? Have you fallen like David? Have you sinned? Are you going through the hardness of sin? You may be listening and you are looking back at your life and you are realizing the way of sin is hard indeed. I'm suffering it right now. Don't worry. The Lord has prepared blessings for you. Even though you are facing the consequences, endure. Micah 7 verse 7 says, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he plead my cause and executes judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. If you have fallen, you can pick yourself up and get up. The Lord is in the business of forgiving sins and leading sinners into repentance. May the Lord forgive us our sins. If we are passing through the hardness of the way of transgression, 
we have to bear it. Bear the indignation of the Lord till he pleads your cause. He will bring you to his light eventually. Be encouraged. Be comforted. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, indeed the way of sin is hard. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be so careful that we do not bring upon ourselves consequences and troubles and judgments through the sins that we commit and we shall not influence others to be destroyed because of our sins. Some of us may already be facing the way, the hardness of the way of sin. If there is any such a person listening now, to some degree we all are facing it, the way of sin that is hard. But I pray, O Lord, that you will comfort us and give us grace to bear the indignation of the Lord. Help us, Lord, not to become fretful and impatient under the consequences of our sin, but that we shall have a repentant, meek, and quiet spirit. Help us, Lord, to look at the brighter side of things, that we may indeed be brought forth to your light. Thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.